right. Good morning, everybody. How are you today? Thanks for the birthday wishes. I forgot it was my birthday until I got here this morning, and then my brother started telling everybody. So, I mean, it's a, way more important. Is this is our third week of like having church in Morris. So, if you're here for the very first time, uh, thank you for joining us. This is our three-week anniversary. We're like a high school dating couple. We celebrate every week around here. It's a it's a new anniversary. So I always, I mean, this is not in my notes, but like as a youth pastor, I always said that high school dating relationships are like dog years, right? Like if you make it to six months in a high school dating relationship, I mean, that's like a, a 40-year-old, you know, 40-year anniversary for a marriage. So um, we are going to jump back into our series, and uh, hopefully you heard what, what they were saying on the announcement video is that uh, we've got these Mission Morris parties, and so if, even if you are brand new here, we'd love to invite you. Uh, no pressure, it's just going to be food and people, so we'd love to just hang out, and so some of us have been friends for a while, some of us are brand new, and we just want to invite everyone that's interested to come and enjoy some food and, and hang out with us, and so um, there's cards with all the dates, because we're doing four of those, we've done one, and uh, we've got a few more this summer. So you grab a card, throw it on your fridge, and, and make plans for that. And then the other thing is, uh, if you are new or new-ish, or if we haven't met yet, uh, I'd love to meet you, but I don't need to meet you. If I, you know, there's plenty of other great people here. Uh, but if you want to stop by the next steps table, we'd love to give you a coffee mug and just say hello. And if there's a chance that you want to like get connected in any way, we'd love to help you get connected around here. And then lastly, I was just going to say thank you so much for wearing masks. I know that um, you probably a lot of of you, science, uh, research tells me most of you don't want to wear a mask. Maybe some of you still do, but the odds are uh, you're doing that because the school has asked us as their guests to wear masks here, and so we're trying to honor that. So thank you. Thanks for putting up with that and, and doing that with us. So, all right, we're going to jump into our series, and we're calling it In Case You Just Joined Us. And the idea of this series is whether you've been around mission for a long time, or if you just started recently, or even if you're brand new, uh, it's kind of like calling a quick time out to do a recap just to get everybody on the same page. And what we're doing with the series is we're going through uh, our statements of faith as a church because we just want to make sure everybody knows kind of what we're about and what we believe because we believe that what you believe really matters. Uh, I was just reminded this week of a story of my daughter who's not in here this morning, so I'll embarrass her. Uh, when she was little, I think my wife my wife inceptioned her, okay? I don't know if you know the movie Inception where you can plant an idea in someone's head and, and they think it's their own, but when, I guess when she was little, my wife was trying to scare her into cleaning her room, and so she said, like, oh, if you leave junk on the floor and all, then bugs will crawl in your room. I don't know, you know, and so I didn't even know that this happened, but then uh, later on, like when, years later, um, she, like we get home late one night and she refuses to go to bed until she picks up and cleans up and because she's scared to death that every night bugs are coming if she doesn't clean up, which turned out great. She was cleaning her room and all, but we're like, no, like that, that you know, <laughs> but it was in her head because what you really believe actually impacts, you know, what time bedtime is and what's more important because what you really believe matters. It impacts your life. And so uh, each week we're looking at what we believe as a church and uh, there's the hardest part of this series is is uh, in our Bibles, there is so many verses that speak to the different things about each of these topics, you know, God and, and the Bible and things like that. And we're just trying to grab a couple to, to not, you know, we don't want to be here all day. And so uh, the hardest part has been like, what are just a couple of highlights? This is like tip of the iceberg introduction. If you're like, hey, I'd love to 
to read it again or study it for myself on our website, missionbible.church. You can see our entire articles of faith, and it's got numbers in there that coordinate with scripture references, and and you can go look more up than than what we give you. But uh, we'll look at where we see that in scripture, and then try to land on why why does it matter? Like, why does that, why did we make a statement about that? What's the big deal about that? So uh, if you already agree with all of our statements of faith, this is old news to you, then uh, hopefully this series just helps you be able to have um, regular, normal dude kind of conversations with people in life about such, you know, big topics as God and the Bible and these things that sometimes feel difficult to talk about. So hopefully us talking about them uh, helps you think about what you believe and can help us all be more able to speak about that with other people. So today we are covering what's the deal with people. I don't know if you've met any people, but um, I mean, what's the deal with these guys? This, this thing is failing me. It's Poor Don doesn't often run slides here. He does it at Manuka a lot. And Don, I've been on a roll at Morris, but now that you're here, I'm embarrassing myself again. So um, it might be working. I think I reset it. But Don is, Don is like world's greatest computer guru, so he makes us look really good. But what's the deal with people? If you've ever met a person, I mean, whoo, you know, like, I don't know what you do for a living, but almost anything that people, any field of work, someone in your office or in your field of work will say something, and maybe you've said something along the lines, like, whatever it is that you do, fill in the blank, would be great if it wasn't for the people, right? I mean, teachers might say this. All they do is hang out with people, and they'd be like, yeah, I really love teaching if it wasn't for the people. Right, bankers, people in the trades. Even I've heard pastors say, "Yeah, being a pastor is great and all, if it wasn't for all the people." Right? Like, this is how we feel. We all deal with people: strangers, friends, family members, bosses, coworkers, customers, clients. On and on, um, we deal with people. And some people are okay, or most people are okay. Sometimes all people are not okay at sometimes, and some people just seem like they're never okay. And sometimes it just seems like all of life is just putting up with. People, like what's their deal? Like people are just, you know, fill in the blank. I don't know how you'd finish the name. Jerks, stupid, so slow, you know, just annoying. There's like, you could, you would probably fill the blank in with any number of things just this past week if you've ran into any people out there. And so people are messy and the bummer is you're one of them. And I'm one of them. And I might be one of those people that somebody else talks about, man, can you imagine, like, wow, what's the deal with people, right? Like we, and so that's, we actually uh, see in scripture a lot about human, human beings, God's creation. And so we developed a statement of faith that I'll show you. And then we'll try to skim through like, why does this matter to us as individual people and as a group of people? But it kind of comes down to this question. Do you believe that human beings are naturally good, but capable of doing bad? Or do you believe that human beings are naturally bad, but capable of doing good? And what we want to believe is that, oh, we're good people. There's just some bad seeds. We're good people. There's just, you know, some people, they got a bad rap in life. They got a bad start. They got a bad whatever, or they went a wrong way. You know, they made some, but in general, I'm a good person and people are nice. And, you know, uh, there's just some bad people out there. But I really don't believe, and what we'll see in scripture is that I believe that we, by nature, are not naturally good people. Now, we're capable of doing some good things, and God works through his people to do many good things, but we're actually quite flawed people. And so we're going to look at that. So here's what we call our statement of faith about people, okay? You want to throw that out there? Thanks, Don. All right, here's how we write it. We believe that Adam and Eve were directly and immediately created by God in his image and likeness, free from sin, with the intent that they should glorify God, enjoy God's fellowship, live in God's will, and by this accomplish God's purpose in the world. 
Through Adam's sin of disobedience, man lost his innocence, incurred the penalty of physical and spiritual death, became subject to God's wrath, and became corrupt. It's like you can hear the music in the background turn to that dark movie music, right? Man is thus hopelessly lost apart from salvation through the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that's a mouthful. There's some big theological thoughts in there. There's a ton of scripture references that back up some of those specific words. And, um, but basically, I, I don't know about you, but I have these highs and lows where one day I just feel like king of the world. I'm all that. I am just amazing, you know. And then maybe the very next day, I just feel like I'm the biggest loser. I'm an idiot, you know. How could anyone love me, you know? Like, for instance, when I was a kid, I'd be shooting hoops in the driveway, and I mean, I was Michael Jordan, or I was some, you know, imaginary person who was even better than Michael Jordan, right? No one could stop me, and everybody loved me. And then I go to basketball practice, and I don't even, like, one time I fell asleep in practice. Because, like, in a game, only five guys play, but in practice, ten guys would play, and I still wasn't one of them. And so we had, like, a Saturday morning practice, and the coach, I think, forgot about me, and so I was just sitting there, and eventually I woke back up. And I was like, man, I am not the world's greatest basketball player, you know? And the very few times I got to try in a game, I would do something stupid or make a terrible mistake, and then he'd tell me how, like, this is why you don't play, Swanson. And so, like, I'd be like, I'm the worst basketball player in the world, right? And, like, you go to these crazy highs and lows, and we do this in all areas of life as a parent as a student, at whatever career opportunities we have. And, and, you know, we, we go through, depending on how we perform or the way certain things go our way or don't go our way. We even do this in ministry. If you've been involved serving even in church, uh, you know, I always led a group of small group leaders for students. And I know that different weeks we would drive home. And it might be different people from the same night. One guy's driving home one night being like, man, my small group is awesome. Like, we prayed for each other and it's good stuff, you know. And the very next week, that guy might be driving home being like, I'm the worst small group leader ever. I can't get him to sit still. We didn't even read the Bible, you know, like, and it's the same exact person. And neither is true. He's not the greatest of all time, and he's not the worst of all time. But we feel like that. You might sometimes say, I am so deserving of this success in whatever area of life. And then maybe the very next month, you might feel like, I don't deserve anything or anyone. And it's just how we see ourselves in these crazy highs and lows. And none of those statements are actually godly or good, or accurate, that we're not the most amazing, you know, everybody should kiss our feet, but we're not the worst thing, scum of the earth, you know, I don't deserve anyone either, but that's how we naturally, that's a human tendency to kind of have those like roller coaster of emotions. So we're going to talk today about seeing ourselves as God sees us, like we spelled out in this statement of faith, and the three things that pop out is that we're image bearers, but we're fallen but we have great potential, okay? And so it's kind of like good news and bad news. So here's the good news first. You can put this on the screen. You are amazing. And we don't hear this enough because I think typically we focus on our shortcomings. Like if you brought a report card home and it had all A's and a C, what are your parents going to ask you about? The C, right? Like, come on, mom, I made six A's. Give me a break on the one class. I'm doing pretty good. But this is our, this is our strive to better ourselves. And so it's always easy to compare ourselves to somebody else who's taller, smarter, faster, better looking, more popular, more rich, more successful, whatever. And, and we can often look down on ourselves. And so I just want to let you know, you are amazing. And I know that because your heavenly father, who's perfect, created you the way that you are. He could have made you taller or smarter or better looking or whatever, but he made you the way you are. And he never, ever makes mistakes. And he made you different and special than any other animal or creature that he created. And uh, so I want to show you this verse in Genesis chapter one. Maybe you've heard this before, 
But it talks about the special way that God made humans. It says this, so God created people in his own image. Now, if you're reading through Genesis, he starts with, you know, earth and the heavens and sun and water and then animals and all this stuff. And then he saves the best for last. After all the other animals, he sends humans. And he made people in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. And he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Now, there's, a, there's some really cool things that tell you how amazing you are. First of all, he didn't make birds or animals or any other creature in his own image. You and I, as human beings, we reflect God's very image. He made us special, different from all other animals. We have a soul that lives forever, and that's different, you know. You could talk about how, you know, if animals versus humans have intellect and will and emotion, but there's so much more than that, that God said, I'm making humans special to reflect me. And some of your characteristics, some of our characteristics, maybe on our best days, but in certain ways, it shows God's characteristics and God's goodness and honesty and all the things that can come out of us as humans that no other creature can produce because no other creature reflects his beauty and his specific image that he's put inside of us. So we're pretty amazing. Like we are a very special creation and this is true for every single human. So this is true of you, whether you're having a good day today or not so good today. Um, you are amazing because God made you and he put his very image. He stamped his image on you. He didn't miss one when he made the 7 billion people. Each one of us got a piece of that. And that's pretty awesome. We're uh, building a house, and so it's like been under construction for a while, and a bird actually made his house inside of my house, and so, and he did it really fast. I was kind of ticked about that, because we, we're terrible at making this house, and he's just like, you know, here's some straw, and so I was like, I got to get rid of that, you know, bird's nest, because it's like up inside my house, and it, like that brings, you know, infestations and diseases and bugs and all this stuff, and, and so I was like, I got to get rid of that bird's nest, and so we were over there one day, and uh, I had to get a shovel, because it was like glued down like this bird is better at building the house than I am I couldn't get it off by like brushing it so I'd like like crank it off but it's above me and all my kids are there and I knock it down and oh you know what happens like it's full of eggs my kids start crying because like I murdered all these birds and I felt terrible like I didn't mean to like I didn't know I had I just I knew I needed to get rid of that nest but as I drove home and I kind of like I was it was sweet that my five-year-old was sad about the birds like that's a good thing you know but I mean not that I made him sad but like he has a heart you know and so but I thought, you know why that's okay? You know why it's not, like, it's not sinful, like I didn't do it on purpose, it wasn't this murderous thought, but like if a bird's egg falls to the ground, it's totally different than like aborting a baby. You know why? Because God made humans in his own image, not birds. And that doesn't mean we should stomp on God. That's his creation. We need to be appropriately respectful of all of God's creatures and God's whole creation. But he made humans, you and me, special. We bear his image. We have a soul. And um, like we sang, we are actually the children of a heavenly king. And um, other faiths, they make images of their gods. They whittle stone or wood, or they've done this for, 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 since, since man was created. We, they, we invent our own images to represent this version of God. And you know why we don't have images to represent God? Because we are the images that represent God. He put his image on us as humans. So we don't carve things out of wood and everything else and worship that as the image of God. We see each other. We see ourselves in the mirror and we see the image of God. Now, that's the good news. The bad news is you are messed up. 
Okay? Like, you're amazing, but don't get too excited yet. The bad news is you, and I don't even know some of you as well, but I know enough about you that you are messed up. I am messed up. Like, this is just true of all humans. Uh, And the Bible talks about how we have a fallen, sinful nature. And it starts with our nature. Before you were born, you were doomed, okay? Because your parents were sinful and their parents were sinful. All the way back to Adam and Eve who made the first sin. Then they gave birth to sinners. And that seems really unfair, right? Like, why do I have an innate sinful nature? I mean, if you've ever had kids, you know it's true. Because you don't have to teach your kids to lie or disobey or hide things from you. This is natural because we have an innate sinful nature. We, we are scarred and fallen fallen, flawed humans with a sin nature before we're ever born. And I know it's unfair. The best like thought I heard from someone else, it's kind of like if you live downstream from a chemical plant who was dumping pollution in the water, you would have severe rep- repercussions. There was a movie that came out a couple years ago called Dark Waters. It's, I love these true story movies. It was about this crazy lawsuit that went on for years and years and years. But basically, DuPont Chemical Company was inventing Teflon back in the day and dumping this garbage into the water. And the garbage got through the, or the, yeah, the pollution got through the creeks and into the land. The crops were dying. The animals were dying. People were dying. Like crazy stuff was happening. And they finally traced it back to this crazy pollution. And like, it's super unfair for those people and those farmers and the land and the animals and everything else was like totally like devastated because of that pollution. But that's what happens when you live downstream from a chemical plant who pollutes. And you and I live downstream of sin because our parents and their parents and our granddaddy and our grandmama and all the way back to Adam and Eve, we inherited a sinful nature that came as the fact that we are sinful humans. And it doesn't seem fair that you and I were doomed from the start, but we were sinners by nature because of our humanity that's fallen. It's like we're downstream of sin, and that's just the reality and the effects of it. Uh, Romans chapter 5 talks about it, if you want to throw it up there. talks about it like this. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone, sin. This is what we call sin nature. It's in us. There is sinful nature in us that makes us not perfect, that makes us not good enough to have that intimate relationship with God that we are created as his children to have. And so that's the really bad news. But we can't just blame it on Adam. Yes, we have a sinful nature and we're doomed from the start, but even if that wasn't true, we've all sinned. Like, there's nobody in here that's like, actually, if it wasn't for that sin nature, I've kept a clean slate. I've never made a mistake. I've never lied. I've never sinned. You know, like, we've all sinned, even if we didn't have the sin nature. Now, it's our sin nature that causes us to be sinful. But I say we're doubly doomed. One church I was a part of, their statement of faith said that we are sinners by nature and by choice. Like, even if we can't blame it on Adam, we've still failed ourselves. And so, uh, Romans chapter 3, Paul, the Apostle Paul talks about this. And so, in Romans chapter 3, starting in verse 10, he says this, Jews and Gentiles alike. And that was their way of basically covering all of humanity, because it was a big deal if you were one or the other. And so, uh, if you fall in either group, this is true of all humans. Jews and Gentiles alike are under the power of of sin. As it's written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Now these are hard verses because the truth is only perfect people get to go to heaven and hang out with God because he is completely intolerant of sin. We worship a holy 
God who does not sin, who does not change, who cannot sin, and he will not be around sin. So only perfect people get to go to heaven. And God made perfect people. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. And you're more important than the rest of the earth. So you can eat the plants and you can have the animals and rule the earth and subdue it. I give it to you as my image bearers. Just don't eat of this one tree. He gave one rule and they broke it anyways. And since then, we're all sinful people. And none of us get to have that intimate, heavenly, perfect, eternal relationship with God that he wanted from us. And he could have given up on us, but he didn't. He sent Jesus because he said, I will see to it that your sins are paid for, but I will see to it that if you put your faith in my son, you can accept his perfection and trade in your penalty. It's the greatest thing in the world, but we're all pretty messed up. In the verse, uh, a few verses later in Romans chapter three, in verse 22, it says this. There, again, he kind of says, like trying to cover all the bases, all, all humans. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So it doesn't matter if you've sinned once or if you've sinned a hundred times or if you've sinned a million times. And it doesn't matter which sin you did. There's not like a scale to say, oh, like you, you know, and you can't do enough good to outweigh the bad. Like the bottom line is you gotta be perfect. You gotta keep all the rules all the time forever if you wanna have perfect intimate relationship with God and go to heaven and hang out with him. And none of us measure up. That's God's glorious standard. All have sinned doesn't matter if you sin this much or this much. We've all sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. That's the bad news is we're messed up. (laughs) And you might feel like you're a little messed up, but not as bad as the guy sitting next to you or that lady at Jewel or, you know, wherever you go. Like we're not as bad as, but it doesn't matter because we're not perfect. We're, We're sinful, fallen humans. We're doubly doomed by nature and by choice. We'd like to just blame Adam, but we gotta blame ourselves. We're at the same time amazing image bearers of God. We don't notice how amazing that is often enough, but we're also fallen, broken, sinful, messed up humans, okay? That's the bad news, but then there's the best news of all. So there's good news, bad news. We made a bad news sandwich, okay? The best news of all, and I want to keep going actually in the very next verse. So he says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and then in verse 24, he says, and all, okay, all have sinned, All are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He says, all have sinned. We're all messed up. But then he says, but anyone who puts their faith in Jesus is justified freely. Redemption that came through Christ Jesus. It says in verse 25, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement that he paid the price on the cross for your sin and mine. So whoever believes in him will have eternal life. We're not perfect, but we don't have to be anymore. We just have to say, I'm with that guy. I've given my life to Jesus. He paid for it. I believe he's my savior. And then God says, welcome home. You don't, I will consider you righteous because of what my son did for you. So the third thing is, you know, um, you're amazing. That's cool, but you're also really messed up. But you have what I call Jesus potential. Because if you put your faith in Jesus, you get eternal life. God puts his Holy Spirit inside of you. We can have, Jesus says, I came to offer life to the full, like a better version of this life than you can have without me. That's what I invite you into. Oh, and by the way, eternal life in heaven after that. Jesus came to offer life to the full. We have great potential in that. Like we sing, when you put your faith in Jesus, we are children of God, sons and daughters of God. And that's an amazing reality that we get to live in. And really, it points us back to the original tent. It, 
let me read what I read earlier about our statement of faith. It says that when we were originally created in God's image, it was with the intent that people would glorify God and enjoy God's fellowship and live in God's will and by this accomplish God's purposes in the world. And we get to be a part of all of that again when we put our faith in Jesus. Not only do we receive eternal life and forgiveness of sins, he says, now you can enjoy fellowship with me and I can use you to accomplish my will in the world. We have incredible potential to do good and be used by God because of our faith in Jesus. So you're amazing, but you're really messed up but you have amazing potential through Jesus to not only have a relationship with God, but be used by God to accomplish his purpose in the world. This is what Jesus invites us to be a part of. It's incredible what we believe about humans. And, you know, we're pretty messed up people. Like, what's the deal with people? Well, the deal is every person you know. So I want to actually put this up on the screen in a different way. Every person you know is amazing. And I know there's that certain someone or that group of someones or there's a lot of someones that are like, they don't seem that amazing to me, right? Like the second thing is every person you know is really messed up. And I'm like, that makes sense, right? Like, I know some people who I know are really messed up. The thing is, this is true about every, every single person. That every person you know, no matter how scarred or flawed or annoying they might be, somewhere inside them is the image of God that was put and stamped into their heart and soul as a creation that God made special in his own image. This is why murder is wrong, because you don't kill God's you know, holy children created in his image. This is why racism is wrong. This is why lying is wrong and stealing is wrong. Wronging people is sinful because God made us special in his image. No matter what they look like, no matter what they sound like, no matter how they treat you, they're amazingly made in God's image. And then the sad truth is they're messed up, which is probably why they annoy you or they mistreat you or you can't stand them sometimes because the evil, sinful nature in us comes out in the worst of ways, especially if someone doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. And so often it's easy to focus on, oh, that person is so aggravating, that person is so wicked or whatever you would think about them. But we realize, poor them, they're just a fallen sinful person that doesn't even realize how messed up they are and they probably don't realize how amazing they are. And the third thing is also true about every single person. Every single human ever created has incredible Jesus potential. Whether they've heard the truth and never accepted it, whether they call themselves a Christian and they don't act like it, or they've never even understood the fact that they are a sinner in need of a savior, when they come to that truth and put their faith in Jesus, they get eternal life, they get God's spirit inside of them, they are invited to be used by God to do good works in this world right alongside of all of us. They have incredible potential and we need to shift our minds from, man, that guy is a jerk, or man, that group of people is so off on what they think or how they act. Those things might be true, but it's because they have a sinful nature that needs to be addressed by their heavenly father. They, we need to see people as having incredible Jesus potential to be loved and saved by a loving savior and to be used by a good God. We need to see ourselves as God sees us, image bearers who are fallen with great potential. And we need to see all people the way God sees all people. His image bearers who are fallen but have great potential. And he's given the calling to his church, his children, his people to go and tell the world, you need a savior. We're not trying to rub it in your face. We're not trying to be rude about it. We're not trying to stand on the street corner and tell everybody they're going to hell and you're such a horrible sinner. But in a loving way, we try to communicate the fact that you don't have it in yourself to save yourself. Only perfect people go to heaven. But if you get your life with Jesus, 
He's punched the ticket for you. We need to spread that good news. We need to tell everybody we know. And today we're going to actually uh, take communion and celebrate this. So hopefully you got one on the way in. But if you didn't, we got ushers that'll come by with a basket. Uh, we got a little uh, cups and it's got a, like a styrofoamy cracker and juice all in one. So uh, if you didn't get one, this is our first communion, by the way, at the Morris campus here in Morris, which is pretty cool. First time we get to take communion together in this school. And uh, we'll, we'll probably do this many, many more times. But what this is, is celebrating the truth about us that we admit I'm an image bearer, but I'm messed up. But Jesus paid the price for me. And he said, do this to remember me. And so we do this to remember and to celebrate. And so as we take communion today, I want us to just have a celebrating heart that says, thank you for loving me when I was unlovable. Thank you for saving me when I didn't deserve it. Thank you for, you know, all the potential that Jesus has that is mine through faith in him. We get to do that. And the band's going to come up because after we take communion, then um, I want us just to celebrate through song. And so uh, I want them to come on up and get ready. I was thinking about um, this whole idea of, you know, we're created special by God, but we've totally blown it like for years and years and individually on our own. Like we're, we're sinful, messed up people. Yet Jesus came, died on the cross, extends this amazing grace to us. And all I could think of was, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I know that's a weird one, but like, you've probably seen this movie. It's very old. I'm going to spoil it for you. So if you haven't seen it, you know, sorry, 30 years ago, you should have got a ticket or something. But probably, I don't know, it's probably older than that. But if you know the story, Charlie and his grandpa, his grandpa like miraculously gets out of bed for the first time in 100 years or something. It's weird. You got a weird family. But uh, they get to go to this chocolate factory and they get a chance of like being the owners and in charge and everything else. And all these other kids and their parents or grandparents get to go. And all the kids are brats, Right? Every kid's annoying, they break rules, they steal, they have bad attitudes. Like, every single kid is, is just like a brat. You don't like any of them. But Charlie, he's a good kid, right? Like, he's kind. He comes from a poor family. You're cheering for Charlie and his, his bedridden aunts and uncles or whoever's in the room, and, and, and you're cheering for him. And at the end, he thinks he's done a good job because the other kids got sucked up tubes and rolled out of the room and, you know, miniaturized or whatever happens to them along the way. And Charlie's there thinking that he gets everything from Willie Wonka, who was planning to give it all away to the lucky winner. And his grandpa gets ticked because Willy Wonka has to say, no, listen, you may not have had as bad of an attitude. You may not have been as bratty, but you still stole. You still break the rules and you're disqualified. You might have only broke this much rules instead of this much rules, but that's all it took. And he gets that contract out in that crazy magnifying glass. And he's like, you broke the rules. You don't deserve heaven. You don't deserve the prize. And they go away sad because even though he's a decent kid and you're cheering for him, he did break the rules and he doesn't deserve the prize. And then everything turns when the kid takes that everlasting gobstopper out of his pocket and he goes and he gives it back to Willy Wonka to say, you know, I think you're supposed to have this. And if you've seen the movie, it's this amazing scene where it, it warms Willy Wonka's heart because it's like this repentful moment where the kid is saying, you're right, I did blow it. I thought I was a great kid, but you know, I broke the rules and I don't deserve the prize. And he gives back the gobstopper. And a minute ago, he had the contract out to say, look, look, it says right here, you've broken the rules. And he gets the contract out and he says, but it says if the kid has a change of heart and does this and this, you get everything. So he says, your whole family can live here and you're in charge of the Oompa Loompas and you can fly, fly in that really cool glass elevator thing. And he gets everything. And it's this amazing story of a kid who blew it and didn't deserve it. But when he repented and came back humbly, he gets everything. And that's a picture of what we get through Jesus. We're messed up. We have to own that and realize that we are sinful people in need of a Savior. But Jesus is that Savior. And when we come 
humbly and repentant. He says, I'll give you everything. My son paid for that for you. I, I, I love you. I, I can use you. I will bring you home to heaven someday. We get everything like Willy Wonka, except someday we'll fly in that crazy cool glass elevator thing and say I can see my house from up here. But that's the picture we have when we come to take communion. And so uh, if you want to crack open the top part, we've got the, the uh, represents Jesus' body. When Jesus first instituted this uh, with his disciples, he took bread and he passed it around and he broke it. And he said, this represents my body that's broken for you. Because like later on this weekend, I'm going to die and they're going to break my body apart and it will cover your sins. And he passed it around and he says, I want you to eat this and I want you to do this to remember to me. And we remember, we celebrate that Jesus paid it all so that we could trade our penalty for his perfection. So let's take this in remembrance of him. The bottom part is uh, juice. Jesus had uh, wine and he passed it around and he said, this cup represents my blood that will be poured out. And we believe that it's by his blood, by his death and resurrection that we're saved. We put our faith in him as our savior. And it crushes us to remember what he went through for us. But we are so glad he did. And so we take this in remembrance of him. We'll... uh, I'd like to pray with you and lead you in a prayer and then the band will stand and we'll sing with the band. We'll celebrate this. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for sending Jesus to pay it all on the cross for us. We could not save ourselves. We might be better than the next guy, but we're not good enough because we're not perfect. God, I thank you for the reminder that you created us special in your image. I pray that that'll sink into our hearts, that like Reese said earlier, that is our identity. That is why we are valuable. That is why every human being we see has intricate, priceless value because of how you created us. And God, we admit we are sinful people. We have fallen and we don't measure up, but we cling to the promise of Jesus Christ that by his body and by his blood, we are healed. We are forgiven. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you will fill our hearts with joy and gratitude. I pray that you will receive glory as we praise your name. We praise you because you are worthy, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.